0: And of course, we want to encourage you to come see us in person. We are located at 6110 Kingsport Highway in Johnson City, Tennessee. As always, we hope you enjoy today's message.
1: Narrative psychology is a field that studies the value of stories and storytelling in giving meaning to individual experiences. Stories shape the memories of past events and their understanding of the present. And then what this does is it creates this projection on future events. In sociology, we call this the looking glass self. I think that we would all agree that stories are important and the stories that have happened in our lives shape us into the people that we are today. As most of you know that are here on a regular basis, in addition to pastoring, I'm also a sociology professor at a community college in Eastern Kentucky, so I'm up there once a week as well as as being here the rest of the week. And one of the biggest things that we study in sociology is the process of socialization. So what this means is that the way that you're raised and the atmosphere you're in and the culture that you're born into has a lot to do with the person that you ultimately become. I think if you think about that, most of you are probably going to agree. I share all of this on Easter Sunday for a reason. My belief is that some of you have bought into a false narrative about yourself. I'm gonna say that one more time. My belief is that a lot of you have bought in to a false narrative about yourself. And as a result, this false narrative has had an overwhelming impact on the person that you are today. So for some of you, it's shame, which is an incredibly powerful emotion that doesn't stick with one particular social status. It can hit people from any walk of life. For others of you in here, it's, it's fear. For some of you, it's guilt, which you know the power of guilt if you're inside of the church and a believer or if you're completely outside of the church. For some people in here today, because of a marriage that didn't work out, because of an addiction, because of your in and out and in and out with your relationship with Jesus, you feel like a failure. And that's the way that you see yourself and that's really what the narrative is that speaks into your life. And if there's one thing that I want you to understand today and that I want you to be able to leave with, it's this. You are not defined by your past. You are not defined by your mistakes. You are not defined by others and what they say you are, as well-intentioned sometimes as they may be. You are defined only by your surrender or lack thereof to the cross of Christ. Regardless of where you are in your life, some of you have very, very strong religious convictions. Some of you, you could care less about any of this. But at the end of the day, how, are you, how you are defined as a human being will be this position, this posture of surrender to this reality or. The lack thereof. Failure isn't final. And that's what we're going to talk about today. So, there was this missionary named Paul. Originally, his name was Saul. And he wrote a letter to this church in Galatia, which is in modern day Turkey. So, if you want to turn to Galatians, if you have a Bible, you can. Otherwise, you can follow on the screen, you can follow on your phone. We're going to go to the end of the chapter in chapter six. His main argument in this letter is that people are justified or they are made free by Jesus alone, not by the ancient Jewish practices such as circumcision, not by going to church, not by trying to do good, not by trying to be a moral person, but people are justified or people experience this existential freedom through Jesus alone. And this is pretty much the crux of this entire letter. So, the way that a person actually closes a letter is very important. For those of you who still write letters, which I know this is considered by many to pretty much be an ancient practice, but for those of you who still write letters, you know that the way that you end a letter is very important. And this is what we're going to see here today. So, Paul closes this, this letter with what is sometimes referred to as crucifixion language. And I want you to know each of you that are here today, and for some of you that are just in a really, really dark place, you came here in a really, really difficult state of mind. For some of you that came here and you're still resisting the fact, okay, I came to church for mom, I came to church for dad, I came to church for a friend, but I cannot wait until this is over. There is hope for you today. For those of you that are with us every single Sunday, which is the good majority of a lot of you that are in here right now, there is hope for you today. So Galatians chapter six is where we're gonna be. We're gonna look at verses 14 through 18. Again, this is the end of the letter. So Galatians chapter six, verses 14 through 18 is where we're gonna be. And this is what Paul says as he closes out this important letter. But as for me, God forbid that I should boast about anything except for the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. At this point in Paul's life, there are a lot of things he could brag about. There are a lot of things that he could talk about. But he says, I could not boast about anything except for the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. The world has been crucified to me through him, and I have been crucified to the world. Being circumcised or not being circumcised, this ancient Jewish practice, doesn't mean anything. What matters is a new creation. May peace and mercy be on whoever follows this rule and on God's Israel. From now on, no one should bother me because I bear the marks of Jesus on my body. Brothers and sisters, May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. Amen. So, I'm addressing a specific crowd that is in here today. And it's those of you who are tired. It's those of you who continue over and over. And it's the exact same things over and over every single day of your life. And you're ready to throw your hands up, you're exhausted. You feel like you cannot get ahead regardless of what you do. This message today is for those who never feel as if they are good enough. It's for those who struggle with overwhelming guilt. And for some of you, like I said, maybe you've even been in church for years, but for whatever reason, it's this feeling That you're never good enough, you're never amounting to enough. And again, this is completely independent of economic status or where you may be in your life. For those who seem to have a hard time letting go of the past, and that's a lot of people who really have a difficult time with how much they hurt someone, the poor parenting that if they could go back, they would do it over again. If they could have made that relationship better in their life, that is something that they definitely would have done. The, the criminal record, you know, the, the felony, the DUI, uh, whatever it looks like, this, this overwhelming place with the past. Those who are living in a defeated state, those who believe things will always be The way they are right now. Failure isn't final. So what is it that Paul is teaching us? What is it on this Easter Sunday that is beneficial for us today? First, it's this. Gratitude, for those of you that struggle with guilt, gratitude will abolish guilt. What does that mean? Being thankful and finding this internal place within you, that Jesus is enough, that the reality of the cross, you see, we live so distracted, we live so involved with other things in our lives that we are rarely ever paying attention to this reality. And I'm talking to people in here that actually embrace this reality or say that it's important or say that this is something that they believe. When you learn to recognize on a daily basis that regardless of how good you are, or how bad you are, that the love of Jesus does not change, and that this is something that you can bank every fear, doubt, insecurity, worry, anxiety, everything in your life on, everything starts to change. When you see that the goodness of God that is real, that is that good, everything starts to change. Paul says it this way in verse 14, but as for me, God forbid that I should boast about anything except for the Lord Jesus Christ and the cross of Christ. Because all of a sudden, all of these people are approaching him. They know who he was in a past life. You're doing all of these good things. You've even forsaken marriage because this mission is so important to you. You're traveling to all these places. You're doing all these things. And he says, it is not me. He recognizes all of the time what Jesus has done for him. And I'm telling you in here right now, if you do not know Jesus, or if you've forgotten what this means, that this is what this day is about. Because you can live a reality where this flows out of you every single day of your life, and it's contagious. I'm not talking about false religion. I'm not talking about the hypocrisy that we find in the modern church. I'm not, trying, I'm not talking about all the comparisons that you try to make between faith and science and all these messes but the reality of what Jesus has done for every single person that is in this room right now. Have you truly embraced this story? Is it part of who you are? Because when it is the guilt and the shame and the frustrations and the childhood wounds, the father wounds, the mother wounds, all of these things that are present, they are washed away because he is that good. And he is consistently that good. So something I'll say to Christians and something that I'll address to those of you who may be outside of the faith. Okay, so first, the people that are here that are Christians, some of us, myself included, this is still really, really hard for me, those of us who have a work really hard, but maybe it's never good enough mentality those of us who struggle with that mindset, those of us who are over, overwhelmed a lot of times and consumed with guilt, if you learn to take the time to center yourself in this story and let this story lead you in everything that you do in your life, you are going to change. For Paul, it makes no sense to take credit for anything that he may be able to do. It is the overflow of the spirit. It is the power of God. It is Jesus and the work of crucifixion and resurrection that is moving everything that he does. So often we walk through life with these emotions, with this darkness, and telling ourselves, you know, we're 45 years old and things are exactly the same way when we were 22 or we got married whenever we were 24, 25 years old. We expected everything to work out the way that it was supposed to, and you're absolutely crushed because it didn't, and you still, you still carry the weight of those things. You've told yourself you're gonna stop using drugs, you're gonna stop drinking, this is the last time, it's never going to be, you're never gonna do it again, you're putting this aside because you see the damage it's doing to your life, you maybe see the damage it's doing to your family, but then all of a sudden you recognize you pick it back up, And then all of a sudden you really have no trust in yourself being sober nine years. This is something that I can tell you about. I'm never going to touch that again. Only to go back and watch the destruction and the difficulty all around you of these things. But also I want to say something to those of you outside of the faith. A fresh start is being offered to you today. Today, you can leave with a fresh expression. And I'm not talking about some kind of religious experience. I'm not talking about filling out a card and everything changes. I'm talking about putting yourself in a position in which you can say, and you can be honest, because I think most of you can at least be honest about this, even if you don't agree with this faith thing. You can get to a place where you recognize you have depleted all of your natural resources, your ability to be good, your ability to treat people decently, your ability to be honest, your ability to take the right path with all of the energy that you have tried to place into that. There is still something missing. And there is a reason that you feel that way. In Paul, we see a former persecutor that ridiculed and tortured Christians. And as he writes this letter, the experience is clear. Failure isn't final. But also something that he points out is that new creation, this theological reality, this theological concept of new creation cancels old frustrations. It cancels old frustrations. What are old, frustra- old frustrations? Issues in the past, issues in the present, and also the things that are going to become reality. In the future, this is what he says in verse 15, and you have to understand the nature and the context of the importance of circumcision to the Jews. He says, Being circumcised or not being circumcised doesn't mean anything, and this is very difficult for a Jewish audience. It doesn't mean anything, the law doesn't mean anything. My work, my accomplishments, the good deeds that I do, it doesn't matter. But what matters instead, what holds value, is the new creation. Imagine the possibility of a fresh start. You cannot convince me that every single person in here, right now, in your life, regardless of what you may have, wonderful children, a lot of money, a beautiful home, great friends that you are all just everyone in here just overflowing with joy at all times what matters is the new creation what matters is stepping in to this new life could life could you actually because it's called faith because you have to step out could life actually offer something better? What if that was possible? Could life actually offer something better? Let me tell you about one of my favorite Christmas presents that I ever received. When I was a kid, I had a regular bed, you know, hard mattress. In the middle of the night on Christmas Eve, my parents took me out of bed. Not sure how I didn't wake up because I'm a very light sleeper. They take me out of bed and they placed me in a waterbed. I'm I'm showing my age with this, by the way. Child of the 80s. I I know I'm not the only one. And how I did not wake up in a waterbed. Now, there were a lot of nights after drinking that I felt like I was in a waterbed. But how I didn't wake up in a waterbed, how I didn't wake up whenever I was in the waterbed, I have no idea. But everything was different when I did wake up. Now, listen to how different it was. Everything about where I rested changed. My father didn't just change the sheets, my father didn't just change the pillow, he changed where I rested. And I still, not in the waterbed, rest in that place today. The guilt the fear, the insecurity, and at my best academically, at my best financially, I just didn't know how to be a good husband. And at my best, I just didn't know how to be a good dad. Some of you may be natured a little bit better than me. I still didn't know how to keep from blowing up and getting angry. It's one I'm still working on. I didn't know how to do these things, but I knew every day that I had the security of the Savior, and you can leave with that same and true, authentic fool. Promise today. Today could change your life. Paul says, circumcision doesn't matter. But he could have also said, as some of you need to hear, that are here every single week, church attendance, it doesn't matter. Your good deeds or your bad deeds, they don't matter. And on the other side of the coin, for some of you, it could be said this way, please hear this, your criminal record does not matter. That difficult divorce that you went through and the pain and the suffering and the shame and the embarrassment that it caused, doesn't matter. Your childhood scars are not your identity. Your bad decisions in the past cannot hold you hostage. What matters most is the new creation. Earlier in this letter, Paul says this. This is Galatians 2.20. I have been crucified with Christ. I no longer live. The old me that you knew, everything that you knew and understand, isn't that Saul that did this? No, this is Paul that's been transformed. That's who he was? This is who he is now. Everything is completely different. I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. And the life that I now live in my body, I am not living for myself. I am not living by even logic or reason, but by faith indeed. The faithfulness of God's Son, who loved me and gave himself for me. There are a lot of people who will not forgive you. There are bosses or former employees that will not forgive you. There are former spouses, maybe your children, maybe your parents, that will not forgive you. But this part right here, it's real. And it's life-changing. And when you experience it, and when you step into this newness, you see, you don't get the experience before the faith. The faith has to come first. It changes absolutely everything. Why stay on the outside of that? Why stay on the outside of that? Get out of your mind this, this. let's just be real, this political right, this political left, and I don't like Christians and they're all bad, see Jesus for who he is. We're all hypocrites. You don't have to be a Christian. You're a hypocrite outside of the faith. This is real. And it's that good. It's that good. Every single day of your life. And then this is what follows new life, completely new life. Zoe in Greek, breeds new confidence. That person that you didn't like, that person with the low self esteem, that person that can't seem to get their stuff together, it changes because there is a new confidence that comes with this. Verse 17, for now, no one should bother me. In the past, they have because of who I was. But now, no one should bother me because I bear the marks of Jesus on my body. Cheater, manipulator, addict, liar, atheist, felon agnostic, no more. I bear the marks of Jesus on my body. I'm new, and everything is new. So I have no doubt that there were people who remembered who he was as he walked down the streets proclaiming Jesus. That's the guy who tried to destroy the church. That's the guy that ripped my family apart. As there's persecution and acts and the church starts to scatter, that's the guy right there that destroyed my family. That's the guy that was blasphemous against the church who hated Christians. Maybe you're familiar with that narrative or that story that plays over and over in your head. That's the addict that destroyed my family. That's his ex who cheated on him. That's the guy that ruined my career. That's the girl that lied to me. With me? That's the guy that drank like a fish. Guy that drove all the time, hammered. That's the guy who treated people poorly. That was me. But I want to make one thing clear, regardless of what you tell me today. On my body, I bear the marks of Jesus. I bear the marks of Jesus. I am not who I was, because failure is not final. It was it was really difficult for me to walk back into this faith thing um, as a as a person of reason, as a person of science, as a person who thought, just to be completely honest with you, that people that went to church were less intelligent than the rest of the population. Honest confession. Jesus broke me and broke me down to where I had nowhere else to go. And there's some of you like myself in here that you've resisted that, and you've resisted that, and you've resisted that. And you've had your issues with the church. You've had your issues with religious people. And there's a lot of things that we do have to take responsibility for and own up for. But don't you place any blame on my Jesus because he has done nothing but love you and give himself for you even in the defiance that you may speak as you walk out of this door right now. It is your decision to turn on this kind of love. I'm his I am new. The past does not matter. Again, I'm addressing a specific crowd this morning. Some of you are just tired. You don't sleep. Your anxiety is through the roof. Your relationships aren't working. You're going back and forth to the same toxic relationship over and over again. Or you're overwhelmingly lonely for so those who feel as if they are never good enough. Those who struggle with overwhelming guilt. Those who can't seem to let go of the past. Those of you living in a completely defeated state. It is so easy uh, to walk into a business, a friend's house, a church, wherever it may be, and paint the picture that everything is okay when, on the inside, you're a complete broken mess. The answer is Jesus, and that's being offered to you today. In another letter, this Paul uh, to a church church in Corinth said this: If anyone is in Christ, that person is part of the new creation. But Matt, what about this? What about that? I've got all of these messes. The old things have gone away. Look. New things have arrived. New things. Yeah, I used to be that. I used to be that person. I used to struggle with those things. No more no more. The promise that I'm making to you today as we close is that failure isn't final. You can leave here, and it's not an overnight thing, but you can leave here different today. You can start over. You really can. You're 40 years old. You're 23 years old. You're 95 years old. You can start over. You can have a new life. You can be freed from the horrific stories that have defined you up to this point. How beautiful is it to see a person that has struggled with divorce to be renewed, ashes to beauty, and help other people going through the same thing? How incredible is it for an alcoholic to get sober and just carry that story how incredible is it for a person scarred by child abuse to step out of the victim role and into the survivor role and change people's lives How powerful is it for the person that struggles with deep clinical depression to be able to step in and be salt and light for others? You will never find another way of life, never, in any other religion, that takes the worst things about you and uses them to transform everything around you. I am living proof of this. Well, Father, we come to you today. We love you. We thank you for the sacrifice that you made for our sins. I pray, come Holy Spirit in this place. Father, renew us as a church. Restore us as a church. Father, may the cross and the blood of Christ spill out upon this congregation today. And, Father, help us to take that shame and that guilt and that hurt and those scars and not hold back, but, Father, to lay everything at your feet today. We pray these things in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.
0: We want to thank you again for listening to the Believer's Church podcast. Make sure you join us next week as we begin a new series. Also, we'd love a chance to connect with you. Make sure you visit believerschurchjc.com and enjoy the rest of your week.